You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, a little bit, bit tired, but yeah, good to speak to you again. Well, of course, it was your cup final last uh-huh. night, wasn't it? Or, or should I say your Super Bowl? Did you actually manage to stay awake for the entire uh, for the entire game? Yeah, we uh, well went out with a, a couple of friends and watched it at a, um, a bar in in town in Bath. So yeah, I, I say it managed that, that helped me stay awake, but nearly nearly managed to fall asleep um, whilst whilst there. But yeah, I did manage to stick up till about three ish. Um, wow. Yeah. And then the alarm at quarter past six, which wasn't particularly pleasant, but you know it's one one off once a year, so um, that's what's done is done. But yeah, it was uh, well, I would say it was worth it. It was a yeah, really good game, so enjoyable. Because am I right in thinking that it all sort of swung in the last ten minutes? I mean, that's yeah. the sort of you know that's the sort of drama that only seasoned Western League watchers normally Indeed. expect from their from their sport. Yeah, very late frantic finish. It was um, yeah, lots going on and. Um, yeah, one of the well, the team. I think I see my memory is awful, but I think I backed them last week. I think I said the Chiefs uh, would win, and they, yeah, they were for the third consecutive uh, playoff match for them. They were double-digit deficit, and they managed to come back and win. So yeah, it was a pretty, pretty entertaining finish. Excellent stuff. Now, listeners, just in case you think you've tuned in to the Super Bowl podcast, um, you haven't. Um, but mm-hmm. of course, regular listeners will know that Tom is uh, is something of a of a, an authority on the on the uh, on the old pigskin classic. So um, um, we always like to get his take on that sort of thing. But I can assure you, for the rest of this podcast, we will yes. be getting Tom's take on matters to do with the Tool Station Western League. On episode 24, we will be bringing you interviews with Neil Kirkpatrick, uh, the joint manager, of course, of Westbury, uh, and Eamon Daly, um, who is manager at Portishead, of course, of the first division. Um, but we will kick off by looking at the fixtures that have just gone in the week. And we will start by not looking at Saturday, the 1st of February. We will go back to last month because we're going to kick off with a little bit of Friday night football. It was Friday, the 31st of January. It was Bridgewater Town against Clevedon Town. We talked about it on last week's podcast. We thought that there would be a bit of a, a, a derby feel to this game. Of course, two sides separated by not a great deal in the table and not a great deal geographically either. There was a huge crowd here, Tom, and they had six goals to enjoy. Yeah, this sounds like yeah, almost a great advert for the for the for the Western League, isn't it? 288 there on Friday night, as you say, two teams not separated by by a, by a huge distance and not much in the in the table as well. And that was yeah, played out a a, a thoroughly entertaining free or draw. Both teams uh, taking leads at different times and the other managing to come back. So it was a bit of a topsy turvy uh, affair. Clevedon making uh, the fast start. Uh, 13 minutes in, they went ahead through Jacksell. Uh, but then Bridgewater managed to, to get back on level terms uh, 20 minutes later or so uh, through Jack Taylor. Uh, Taylor then uh, put, put Bridgewater ahead uh, in the opening stages of the second half uh, to make it 2-1. But then Sid Camper managed to to, to grab Clevedon second of the night uh, with a pen with a penalty to make it 2-0. Uh, but then Bridgewater uh, responded uh, and they uh, yeah managed to to go back in front. Tom Ellis scoring about 20 minutes from time, but then. Less than a minute later, so Clevedon weren't behind for long, uh, and they managed to draw level once more. Uh, Ethan Felton uh, doing well to, to finish, and uh, yeah, he made it free all, and that was how it stayed. So yeah, uh, uh, good good night for for all. I think at uh, Fairfax Park on Friday night. 
And then we move on to February the 1st, and um, we're going to kick things off uh, with another very well-attended match, a three-figure attendance um, between Buckland Athletic and Bitten. And, um, well, it was a vintage. It was a Rolls-Royce mm. silver ghost display by the Bristol side. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, as opposed to the, the Friday night game where, where both sets of fans would have gone home uh, a little bit happy. I don't think Buckland... Uh, Followers will be particularly happy with how, how Saturday afternoon panned out. A 6-1 win for Bitten away from home. Uh, it took him a little bit of time to get going. Joe McLennan uh, putting them ahead uh, after just after half an hour. Uh, but then right at the end of the first half, they managed to, to really turn on the uh, turn on the style. Karen Rendell uh, scoring in the 43rd minute. Uh, and then Scott Bryce managed to, to find time uh, in stoppage time for a third uh, to make it 3-0 at the... At the break, um, put, put Bitten in a well, extremely, extremely strong position, of course. Uh, Matt Groves then continued their dominance soon after uh, after the break uh, to make it 4-0 uh, before Ryan Bush did manage to, to pull a goal back for Buckland. Uh, but that was as good as it got for them, unfortunately, and Bitten managed to yeah, push on in the, in the final 20-odd minutes uh, and added a couple more. It was Bryce again. Uh, so the skip having a good afternoon. Then second half sub, Josh Brace, uh, he added, added the sixth. And uh, yeah, that was uh, well, yeah, one of Bitten's better performances of the season, I think. And what a time to get it! We're going to be talking mm. a little bit about that later in the podcast. But um, uh, Bitten hitting some very impressive form, quite possibly just at the right time this season. Now another side doing very, very well away from home was Westbury United. Unfortunately for them, not quite as many people in attendance at this game as in that last game, and um, between Buckland and Bitten. But um, yes, Westbury visited Cabri Heath and uh, another emphatic away victory. Yeah, like a four-one win uh, away at Cabri Heath, nothing to be sniffed at. But it was it was quite similar to to Bitten's in a way. Uh, it took him a, a little bit of time to get going, um, but then yeah, 15 minutes uh, at the end of the first half really turned the game in their in their favour big time. Uh, Callum Demkiv striking twice uh, at the back end of the first half, either side of a goal from Joe Stradling. Uh, so three goals uh, in the space of 13 minutes, as I say, just before half time, uh, giving giving Westbury just like Bitten earlier uh, a three-nil. 3-0 half-time lead uh, with Ryan Bowl then making it 4-0 uh, from close range early in the second half uh, before the Heath managed to, to yeah get late consolation through substitute Lewis Saunders. But yeah, fantastic afternoon uh, for, for Westbury on their travels. Well, that impressive away victory for Westbury United was all the encouragement that I needed to get in touch with an old friend of the podcast. Of course, it is the joint manager of Westbury United, Neil Kirkpatrick. Given the, uh, the scoreline, I started off by asking... Uh, Neil, whether whether in his perspective the performance was as comprehensive as that final score suggested? Uh, yes, I think it was. I think particularly the first half, we, we really dominated it. Oh, it was quite a strong wind going down the slope at Cadbury, which we had, you know, we had at our backs. So that was obviously helped, but we, we did take control really from the first whistle and, you know, really dominated it. Uh, and took our chances as well. And then obviously second half, it was a little bit harder. But um, again, we scored the fourth goal. So it was, I was really disappointed we conceded late on, really, because it would have been nice to have had a clean sheet as well. But uh, we'd have all taken 4-1 at three o'clock. So, yeah, delighted. Now, you've had an interesting start to the new year. You've had wins against Odd Down and Wellington and, of course, Cadbury Heath, but also defeats yep. to the likes of Bitten, Tavistock, 
Parkway and, of course, that game on Boxing Day against Bradford. Now, I'm sure you'd have liked to get some more points on the board at this stage. But to be fair, those matches, it feels to me like they've gone with the form book. I mean, is that a fair analysis of the situation? In terms of league positions, I suppose you would say yes. But in terms of the performances, we could have quite easily, you know, they could have been drawn games rather than defeats quite easily, really. You know, you look back, what ifs and maybes, uh, you know, the Bradford game was just two set pieces. Parkway, we had a, you know, could have been given the last kick of the game was over the line that their keepers clawed back. Bitten, again, you know, disappointing the two goals we gave them. We certainly didn't deserve to win the game, but had it been one all, I don't think Bitten would have probably argued too much. Um, so, you know, we'll take the positives, really good performances against the top sides. Yes, frustrating, we haven't picked up points, but, you know, we know we're not far away, and if we keep putting that in week in, week out, uh, results will come. Because I, I think from our conversations last season, I mean, you obviously had a very, an incredible start to last season. You had a, you had a pretty good finish as well, all told. I mean, currently you're, you're 11th in the table, I mean, do you think that we've seen sort of an, an ironing out, a settling, really, of, of, of where Westbury are sitting in the sort of the, the Western League Premier Division hierarchy? Possibly, but again, I think you could say, did we overachieve last season? No, we, no, probably not. We, we, we got what we deserved this season. It's been really inconsistencies of selection and availability that's hampered us. Uh, if you look at, you know, Boxing Day, we played Bradford. Two days later against Parkway, we had eight of the starting 11 missing uh, with injuries and what have you. So then from the Parkway game to Wellington a week later, we had to make seven changes. Then from Wellington to Ordain, it was six changes. So it's been a real problem, which, you know, we are gradually getting the walking wounded back. You know, we will, all being well, have really good competition in the squad now, which... You know, which can only be a good thing. Now, you've got Chipping Sodbury up next, and then you're away to Exmouth, and that's going to be a really tough test for you. Yeah, very tough game. I know, uh, you know, they were, I would have said it was a three-horse race for the title, although they've had a couple of tough results in the last couple of games. Uh, But they'll still have a big say in it, and they're a very, very good side. You know, they don't concede many, that's for sure. Apart from, obviously, Saturday was probably the first time they've conceded for a, a while. Um, but we look, you know, we look forward to going down there and you know making it a tough afternoon for them. Hopefully, well, um, those are the next games up for you. But of course, if we look ahead to March, you've got, you're going to have a pretty, you're going to have a pretty challenging March as well. Shepton, Mallet, Parkway again, Buckland, and yeah. Bridgewater. When we think about the the, the quality uh, in the Western League this season, do, do you think it's getting harder year on year? Certainly, I think it's been tougher this year on last year um, I think we probably spoke before about some of the levels of investment that's going on in the league um, but you know we'll look forward to March, it's great You know, Shepton, they gave us a hiding at our place probably one of only two games all season I feel we haven't really turned up in so we'll look to put that right Bridgewater at home, we lost 2-1 and their keeper was unbelievable that night um, so we, you know it's, it's all about on the day with us. If we if we compete, as I keep saying, you know, we're as good as anybody on our day. Um, but it, it, it is, 
you know, it's all about consistency and that's what we haven't had this season. And, it, you know, that's shown in the results in our league position as well. I mean, the other thing we should say about those trips in March is that most most of them are away. And, of course, you know, with the likes of Parkway and, and Buckland, I mean, Buckland, of course, have been in the league for a while, but increasingly teams from Devon coming in. Those away day trips are, um, well, they're making the, the Western League at the Premier Division level more challenging than it's probably been in your time involved in uh, in the league. I wouldn't say it's too bad. Obviously, Parkway's midweek, which isn't ideal, but... Now we know about it, we've got plenty of notice, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to go down there with a the competitive side. Um, Buckland, we played away first game of the season, so the Buckland one is at home. Um, yeah, if it's a Saturday, no problem, it's all part of it. And, you know, you enjoy those away games in the Devon clubs are always, you know, always strong sides, always well organised. But it's, it's, it's nice games to go and win. And my thanks to Neil for his time. Now then, we move on for our next featured game in the Premier Division uh, to look at two sides who have had very contrasting seasons so far. Plymouth Parkway were at home. We all know how good they are. And uh, again, what's perhaps more impressive is the size of their home support. 208 people um, watched uh, this game uh, at Parkway. The visitors were Wellington. Victories for the Somerset side have been in short supply this season. So... Really, this game was only ever going to go one way. Or was it, Tom? It was extremely tight, and it did eventually pan out, as as, as people would have expected, Parkway taking home the, the three points. But, uh, yeah, they had to battle seriously hard uh, to make that make that happen. Uh, Wellington, to their credit, obviously down in 20th spot. Probably no one, yeah, particularly gave them gave them much of a, much of a chance of, of getting getting anything from this game. But they came within six minutes. Then unfortunately the deadlock was finally broken in the final, as I say, final final couple of moments there. Uh, Adam Carter, obviously our leading scorer uh, in the in the first in the Premier Division this season, uh, he managed to to poke the ball home six minutes from time to give Parkway uh, a 1-0 win. So another another three points, uh, important three points for them. And yeah, Wellington unfortunately beaten at the death. But certainly uh, a, a result I imagine that they can take a great deal of um, a positives from going forward. No mean feat at all to, to hold that Parkway side. I mean, I saw the quality of the, the, the lineup. I mean, that was a very good Parkway team. So um, all credit where it's due there. And our final game in the Premier Division, Roman Glass St. George, they took on Exmouth Town. Another five-goal thriller. We've had goals, goals, goals this, uh, this week, Tom. Who went home happy? In the end, it was Roman Glass St. George. But uh, yeah, no, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have guessed it. Um, most uh, well for for much of the first half, Exmouth uh, absolutely storming out the blocks. Um, yeah, they've had a, well. We know that Exmouth run an extremely uh, strong run of form, and uh, yeah, after f- just 45 seconds, Aaron Denny had put them ahead uh, at Oakland's Park, giving them yeah almost a perfect start to the afternoon, you'd say. Uh, and then Jordan Harris, their top scorer, uh, doubled the tally less than 10 minutes later. So uh, Exmouth building a building a pretty easy uh, early 2-0 lead and uh, yeah looking on on track for another three points but uh, Roman Glass and George had other ideas having having had a lot of away games recently um, a good good return uh, to home comforts for them uh, Ash McGrain and Sam Wentland both scoring uh, to, well during the second half of the first half uh, to make it two all uh, and then it was Steve Fitzpatrick uh, completing the turnaround early in the second half uh, making it 3-2 uh, and that was that was how it stayed. Exmouth had a had a, an opportunity from the spot during the second half, but that was uh, 
That was to come to nothing, and it was, yeah, Bram Glass and George pulling off a, a thrilling comeback, a 3-2 victory over Exmouth. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we move on to matters of the first division and we kick off with Almondsbury at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, Ashton and Backwell, I think going under the radar a little bit. They've now won six from seven uh, in the league. That's a fantastic run of form from Ashton. And uh, yeah, 1-0 win uh, away at Almondsbury, giving them their latest three points. Uh, and the only goal in this game came just after half-time and that was uh, Harry Walker. Uh, he managed to, to, to get, the ball, get the ball in the back of the net. And uh, yeah, Ashton very much keeping keeping in touch with the with the top four as things ha- as this as it as it happens at the moment. Six from seven there, Tom. Mm. So only only devices have taken points off them in that run. There we go. The mighty devices. <laughs> Come on, the town. Right then. <laughs> anyway, and from one town to another there. Um, uh, Portishead Town. They were away at um, Bishop Sutton, and uh, they took all three points. Tom. They did eventually. Yeah, as as another late. Uh, late goal, which decided this one. Uh, Porter's head did go ahead at Bishop's at, at Lakeview, and uh, that was uh, Callum Eastwood making it 1-0 uh, after just 15 minutes. Uh, but Bishop Sutton, uh, yeah, made a really strong start to the second half. Callum Baker scoring pretty much from the from the restart after the after the interval, uh, and uh, yeah, that was how it stayed for for much of the second half. But uh, Porter's head, uh, a much needed win for them, uh, pushes them away from the from the from the the strugglers at the bottom. Really, it builds a builds a nice gap for them. And it was James Clark uh, managed to, to get his head on a on a cross from uh, Mitch Osmond, uh, and that that nestled in the in the back of the net. And uh, yeah, Portishead running out two one winners at Lakeview. Very early in the season, we spoke to the new Portishead manager Eamon Daly, and um, he was very much looking forward to life in the uh, the Tool Station Western League First Division. So I thought that on the occasion of that good away win at um, uh, a struggling Bishop Sutton side, it would be fair to say. It was still a good opportunity to get back in touch with Eamon. So given that his side had played now half the season, I asked him what he made of life in the first division. Yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a um, up and down season so far. Uh, we started quite solidly. Um, of course, uh, from the last time uh, we spoke, um, I talked about how we were bringing quite a few young players through into the into the team this year, um, and a new squad put together. Um, and it's a learning curve. It's a learning curve for them. Every game, um, they're learning something else, um, and they're getting better and better. Um, and it's, it, I think the key the keys throughout the season really is consistency. Um, we had a few difficult months um, in October and November. Um, Pretty much from injuries, uh, a few suspensions, and it kind of it kind of interrupted our, our, our flow a little bit. Uh, what we were trying to do, we kind of dipped off a little bit on, in form. Uh, we had a few cruel defeats, um, you know, uh, suffering a few last minute uh, last minute defeats. I think three in the space of uh, uh, four weeks, uh, where we um, conceded goals in injury time, which cost us which cost us matches, um, which was which was hard to take. Um, but credit to the lads, um, they've shown great character in, in responding to those uh, setbacks. And uh, yeah, very proud of them. So the season so far, we probably 
would have hoped we were a little bit higher, but at the same time we're improving and, and we've made improvements throughout the season. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm relatively happy with them. Yeah, I know that um, that, that can, obviously you've just talked about consistency, but. Um... Uh, I know that from our previous conversation, stability was an important point because obviously there's been quite a high turnover of players in the last couple of seasons at Portishead. So, I mean, do you feel that you've made progress on developing that sort of more settled side? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, retention of players is difficult. Um, well, I mean, we changed the ethos uh, this season by um, bringing in our own players, uh, local players, and trying to... Um, Get them to, to, to buy into the identity of the club um, and, and a bit of ownership for 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 the badge and the team they play for, um, which which has paid dividends. We're a lot more um, we're a lot more settled in in in, in terms of the squad, um, in terms of the club throughout throughout the sides from from the um, from the fourth team upwards and, and from the under 18s um, We've in the last six weeks or so we we actually trained. Uh, we incorporate the under-18s into our training as well, um, bringing them in for maybe half an hour and sometimes the full session um, and showing them the pathway. And, it, and that's all building towards the future. Um, it, it's a work in progress. Um, Dan Halstead, who, who runs the under-18s, um, assisted by Paul Wood, um, they're doing a fantastic job with those young lads um, and, and we'll benefit from that. Um, and we work very closely together. Uh, we're feeding them through into, into adult football now. Um, and they're all playing, not all of them, they're all, they're, they'll all come in at the right sort of times um, and we have a look at them and, and bringing them into the levels that we think that, that they all benefit from and, and they can develop. Um, and, and a couple of them also coming through into the first team already. So, I mean, that, that's, that's happening quicker than what we probably envisaged. But, um, yeah, um, stability is, is the key, really, for, for, for the future plans of, of Portishead. Um, and... Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll reap the benefits of, of what's going on behind the scenes at the moment. Now, you're 14th in the league at the moment. Um, are you looking up or down when it comes to the rest of the season? <laughs> um, well, you've got to look up. You've got to look up and, and, and not be naive enough not to, to um, have a look over your shoulder as well. Um, I did say about um, how October and November were, were quite difficult months for us um, due to a few defeats that, that happened late on. But also spoke about the response from the players. They're, they're showing great character, great resilience, um, which you know we might not show early on in the season in, in games. Um, and if you take a look at our results, when we have been beaten, it's been by the odd goal. Um, I think our, our goal difference is plus one, and, and we've lost um, we've lost eleven matches as, as opposed to winning seven. I think um, so. We're very competitive. Um, we've been competitive against the teams up around the top, um, which shows that we are making making strides in the right direction. I mean, we play some good sides um, and we're, we're, we're getting that blend of experience and youth. We can't do it all with youngsters um, and we've got, we've got a nice little blend now with, with some experienced players in there and I think we're getting the balance right. Um, probably um, epitomised really by our draw with Wells um, in, in, in January. Um, a very good side. Um, we went a goal down. No, sorry, we had a man sent off. We went down to 10 men and they scored shortly after. And, and maybe in previous seasons or maybe earlier on in the season, that would have been the catalyst to lose in by three or four, maybe. Um, but the boys dug in um, and we got a real creditable draw, like, draw out of that game, um, which really was, you know, was a fantastic point um, against a very, very uh, good side who's, who 
really going to be up there, I'd say, top three by the end of the season, no, no doubt. Um, we, 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 we rode our luck early on in that game um, against Wells, um, and but to come away with a point after three previous uh, defeats um, by um, you know by the odd goal, I think we might have lost two 0 to Corsham actually. Um, but that point really was a, another turning point. I, I wouldn't say a turning point, but it's a realization that these boys can compete against the very good sides in this division. Um, and you know we've had a couple of wins since then as well. Um, so yeah, we're looking up. We're looking up. I mean, we still have aspirations to finish as high as we can. Possibly top half. I mean, that's what we're looking at. Um, top half before the end of the season, hopefully. Yeah. Well, you've talked about that impressive um, result against Wells, and of course you had a, a very impressive result against Hengrove as well. But the Saturday's game was against Bishop Sutton. That was another win away from home. So um, you must have been very pleased with that performance. Yeah, very pleased. Um, we, were, we were solid Saturday. We went out um, going into the game saying, you know, these are the must-win games for us. I mean, Bishop Sutton, they're not having the best of seasons. Um, so, you know, they are the games you are to, to picking up three points. Um, and we were very good. We, we, we started off well. We had a couple of chances early on. Um, and then we, we scored, I think, maybe around the quarter of an hour mark, 20 minutes mark. Um, and we were very comfortable at half-time. Bishop Sutton come out in the second half, credit to them. Um, and they come out all guns blazing. They, they probably had um, right act, read to them at half-time. And uh, they responded within a minute of the, of, of the second half. And you think, right, here we go again. You know, we've got to dig in and, and, and get something out of it. But, you know, we did. We played some nice football on, on wire heavy pitches at the moment. And, and yeah, we, we, we got, a, a, I think, a justified three points in that game, yeah. Now, we've obviously just talked about that result against Wells, and it's one of the funny things that uh, the fixture list throws up, because you've got them again uh, this weekend. It's at their place this time, so if I offered you a point now, would you take it? I'll always go out to try and get three points, Ian, I've got to be honest. Um, but, you know, I think if it, any team looking at uh, Wells this season... Um, would be happy with a point away from. Uh, would be happy with a point away from home. Um, they are a very good side. I mean, I, I, I'm not. Don't know if you've seen them this season, Ian, but I'm sure you've uh, you've talked to talked to them and, and talked to people that are about that club. But they're they're very strong, very strong, very well organised um, themselves. And Town are two very good teams. But you know, we'll go there. We'll go there full of confidence after after another win on the road. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll bring the game to them. And hopefully uh, come away with something. Well, because after Wells, you've got Khan and then the small matter of Radstock Town. So yeah. the fixture list doesn't, it's not doing you many favours at the moment, is it? Well, they come thick and fast, don't they? It's, it's, um, we do look at the fixture list and we, we look at where we can pick up points and everything else. But um, like I say, we are competitive this year. Um, I mean, we went away, we went away to Khan um, a few weeks ago again, and that was after the Wells game. And we really took the game to Cone in, in the first half, um, especially with the first 15 minutes. We should have been one up. We missed, we missed a glorious chance um, and, and three or four corners and three kicks around their box. We, we had them pinned back. Um, but Cone being the solid side that they are, rode the storm and come out in the last half an hour of the first half. I mean, they, they really put it to us and, and they went in at halftime 2 nil up. And again, it's, it's, it's one of those where you're playing a top side and you, you could lie down and, and, you know, lick your wounds and, and come off with a heavier defeat. And the second half, again, the boys dug in and um, we got a goal back and we were very unlucky not to come away with a point, to be honest. I mean, their keeper pulled off a 
fantastic save in the dying in the dying minutes. And if White Cowan are at the top, they'll, 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 they'll even when they're up against it, they'll dig out results. And and this is this is what you get from the top teams. But um, yeah, we took a lot of um, we took a lot of optimism from that game as well, despite um, coming away with nothing. But um, you know, so looking at these games coming up, Wells, Cowan again, and, and Radstock, three very difficult games against you know sides that are probably going to finish in the top six. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're confident. We're confident in our own ability. We're, we're we're improving. These boys are building character now, especially the young lads. I spoke to them midway through the season, and, and you know, kind of try to instill instill into them that they, they got to take some ownership and culpability of their own performances. The team, the team's got to work in together. But you know, they look after themselves and and give the give the best that they've got in them, and and the rest will, the rest will come. And, and, and they've really responded well. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of, of all the young lads that have come through. We're confident that we can we can give these sides a, a, a good game. I mean, one final thought. We've talked about the players, of course, and how they've developed under your leadership. Um, let's all, let's also have a think about the fans because those games against Khan and Radstock, they're both at Bristol Road, and um, I mean, really, there'll be great advertisements for Western League football. Two of the top sides coming down. I know you're you're dead set on giving them both a really good game of football but it would be great if uh, if the local fans could get behind you as well absolutely absolutely i mean some of the sides in some of the sides in, in this league they have they have a great following um and we we've, we're obviously trying to raise the profile of portishead and trying to get as many people down there as, as 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 much as possible there are signs that more people are coming to the games and um and you know, people talk to me about it afterwards, and 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 this and that about the football, and you know, we we get some praise, we get some uh, we get some stick as well. You know, it, it it is about raising the profile of Portishead and trying to get more people down there, um, and and hopefully, um, yeah, bringing um, entertaining you know top sides like Colin and Radstock um, will only help towards that. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll bring their their. Um, their uh, good following that they've got as well, and hopefully should uh, make for a, a decent encounter in both those games. Uh, Eamon, thank you very much indeed for taking the time to speak to us. It's um, it's been great to have a chat with you this season, and we'll continue to sort of watch your progress with interest. Thanks, Ian. Ian one, one last thing, can I just mention? Um, there's uh, a young lad who comes with us every week. Um, Jack Pooley, his name is. Um, he does our match reports. A fantastic young man um, who uh, gets them all done, gets them on online with uh, Greg, who's our media guy. Now, Jack, it was his last game last Saturday with us, uh, Bishop Sutton, because uh, the young man's um, he's got himself a job with Fulham. So uh, it's a credit to him, and, and we wish him all the best in his new venture. Um, he's a great, a great young man. So. Hopefully he'll have a, he'll have a great uh, future in, in his journalism. That's a wonderful way to finish there, um, Eamon, because, of course, we've, we've been running a campaign to sort of promote the volunteers across the Western League. And we have to remember that not all volunteers necessarily are involved um, with, uh, with either the, the first team or, you know, grounds maintenance or, or the hospitality that goes on. And it's, an, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see. We, we, all, we all hope that our clubs get the, the Tyrone Mings, you know, the next Ashley Barnes, Absolutely, that, that yeah. player who can go on to play in the Premier League. But the opportunity for people who are involved in Western League football to progress up the pyramid in any capacity is one that we really should celebrate. So I'm really pleased that we've, um, you, you've been able to highlight that. I think that's a really, it's a, it's a wonderful story and hopefully there's going to be plenty more jacks out there going up the football pyramid and continuing their journey from the Western League. And my thanks to Eamon for his time.
Now, from the bishops of Sutton to the bishops of Lydiard, another side I think you'll agree with me, Tom, have been in very, very good form of late, and that continued against another side that fancies themselves this season, Corsham Town. Yeah, indeed, bishops Lydiard uh, having a little bit more luck at the moment than uh, the bishop Sutton. And, uh, yeah, an excellent start to, to the year for them continued. A 2-0 win uh, over Corsham. Obviously, Corsham doing pretty well in the top top six or seven. Came unstuck on, on Saturday against Lilliard, who, who ran out 2-0 victors. Uh, Mark Clooney setting the ball rolling after just 29 minutes, um, putting them on track for, for a 10th win of the campaign. And uh, that was how it, that was uh, that was what happened. Uh, Charlie Wilson uh, applying pressure on the, on the Corsham keeper, who made a bit of a mistake. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the ball... Uh, rebounding back off Wilson and uh, going into the back of the net uh, to to put Lydia 2-0 ahead. Uh, Luke Bryant did have the the opportunity to make it three with a penalty, uh, 15 minutes from time, but uh, Caution managed to, to the the keeper managed to keep that one out. Uh, so it remained 2-0. But uh, yeah, good another good win for Bishop Lydia. Our final game in the first division. We started this week's edition of the podcast with a six-goal thriller, and we'll finish this edition of the podcast on a six-goal thriller. Another three-figure attendance. 107 people watch this game in the first division. There can only be one club that can command mm-hmm. that sort of attendance. It is, of course, the Maltmen, Warminster Town. The visitors were high-flying Wells City. How did this one pan out, Tom? The, the the spoils were shared. It was a, another another three-all draw, as you say, as we started the roundup. Uh, we will end it as well. A three-all draw there between Warminster and Wells. Uh, biggest crowd of the day in the first division, and it was Wells who yeah had a had a had a good start to this one. Harry Foster obviously having a, an excellent season uh, for the, for the away side, and he managed to to score uh, after just seven minutes. Um, but Warminster. Uh, rebounded really well and they managed to turn the game on its head uh, and take a 2-1 lead uh, to the interval two goals from Francois Allen uh, putting them putting them ahead in this one uh, and that soon became 3-1 uh, the host striking early again in the second half uh, giving Wells yeah, a tough task during the second half but they managed to managed to just about pull it off uh, Foster uh, trimming the deficit with his second of the afternoon uh, adding to his ever ever increasing goal tally for the season uh, and then with 20 minutes left on the clock it was uh, Harvey Hadrill doing really well in the, in the build up uh, setting the ball off uh, for Dale Hunt, who hammered the ball home uh, and made it three all, and that was uh, yeah, that was how it stayed. So I think a pretty good away point for Wales at Warminster. Excellent stuff. Well, that concludes our look back at the games that have been. So we'll have a look at the games that are coming up. Now, before we go to Saturday, the 8th of February, we've got a huge amount of football to discuss, by the way, on Saturday, the 8th of February. I know we don't normally sort of um, have too much of a look at midweek because obviously the games, most of these games will have happened by the time you listen to the podcast. Certainly the Radstock Bishops Lydiard game would catch my eye, but that will have taken place. I suppose two games that really are worth mentioning are the Les Phillips Cup games. We've got uh, on Tuesday, the second round game between Cribs and Cheddar. And then on the same day, and this just tells us all listeners about the fixture disruption we've all been experiencing in the Western League this season. It's the quarterfinal fixture between Bridgewater Town and Exmouth Town. So there you go, two Les Phillips Cup matches in very, very different rounds taking place on Tuesday, the 4th of February. And that's nothing to say, that's to say nothing about the fact that the small matter of Plymouth Parkway taking on Plymouth Argyle mm. in the, the Devon-St. Uh, Luke's Bowl quarter-final game. But anyway, we don't. all of that pales into insignificance when we talk about the FA Vars fifth round ties. And of course, we've still got three member sides
points in this competition, very much in healthy positions, all of which are at home. Tom, can you take us through those fifth round matches on Saturday? Absolutely. The Vars is back. Exciting times. And as you say, free home games as well, which is, uh, yeah, I think a fantastic draw for, for our sides. And they're all in good form, aren't they? So we've got Bitten. Uh, their first up, they take on Sutton Common Rovers uh, of the Combined Counties League. Uh, and yeah, all these are three o'clock kickoffs on Saturday afternoon. So if you haven't got a game uh, with your club, I think uh, these teams will definitely uh, yeah enjoy your attendance if possible. Uh, so yeah, we've got Bitten versus Sutton Common Rovers. Uh, we've then got Bradford Town, obviously top of the top of the Premier Division at the at the moment. They take on Leighton Town, uh, and that is uh, also at home. Uh, and then finally down at Belifo Park, we've got Plymouth Parkway. Uh, and they're taking on West Auckland Town, who have to come all the way down from County Durham. That is a heck of a trek uh, for them. So fair play if, uh, yeah, for, for, to the anyone who follows uh, the the away side down to that one. So hopefully, uh, yeah, good good support for the for the home team might might be that 12th man. You never know. Uh, so uh, Plymouth Parkway taking on West Auckland Town. Uh, yeah, three I think winnable ties on paper. So uh, yeah, big big uh, good luck to to those three teams on on Saturday afternoon. Yes, that West Auckland journey down to Plymouth mm. Parkway we'll see their supporters going 380 miles in one direction that is mm. not what a band they were by the way um that is not that's not the um the round trip 380 miles that's the best part of eight, 800 miles in one day if they do indeed go back why not see the sights of Plymouth well mm. maybe they'll be drowning their sorrows uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the Parkway hopes so, but really mm-hmm. the very best of luck. Fingers crossed for all of our sides. And I think this is a feature when we featured this, um, these fixtures, when we previewed these these fixtures last time on the podcast, Bitten of Bristol, Bradford of Wiltshire, Plymouth of, of course, Devon. I hope all of those counties with all of their sides get behind our representatives still left in that competition. Let's put rivalries aside. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see all of those sides progress into the next round of that um, of that competition? So hopefully we can all get behind them. And we will, of course, be bringing you the results of those games and the draw on next week's podcast. Now, we turn our attention to the Premier Division. Uh, those games taking place on Saturday, the 8th of February. Tom, and what game has caught your eye here? I think I, yeah, when we when we decide these between us, I think I stole in ahead of you a little bit on this one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, grabbed it before you could. I think we've got Halland versus Exmouth. Some of the sides, obviously, in action in the FA Vars. I think these are the, the next best teams, uh, well, best best tie uh, to look forward to on Saturday. We've got Halland uh, up in fourth and Exmouth in fifth. Halland having won six in a row uh, in the league and Exmouth having won six of eight. So, uh, yeah, both, both bang in form. Obviously, Exmouth maybe smarting a little bit after their... Uh, defeat to, to Roman Glass on the weekend. So, uh, yeah, well, that should be a terrific tie there. Well, I'm going to look towards the other end of the uh, of the Premier Division. Uh, Cabri Heath against Canesham Town. Now, we heard, of course, about how Cabri Heath fell at the weekend at home to uh, Westbury. They've got an opportunity to put matters right against near neighbours, Canesham Town. And I think that that game, I'm sure, will have a derby feel to it and will be very, very entertaining. Both sides, of course, very much looking for the points out of that fixture. Now, we then move into the First Division. And which game um, has caught your eye here, Tom? Gone for uh, Radstock versus Calm. Uh, so we've got sixth place Radstock uh, taking on the league leaders. Uh, but yeah, Radstock uh, pretty tough to beat at home. Had a had a look back over their uh, yeah their uh, their games at, at home this season and they've not not lost too many. So uh, a tough tough afternoon for Calm who have built a, a nice little little margin at the top of the table. So uh, yeah, if 
they can uh, pick up another another three points on Saturday, that will go some way towards uh, yeah making them potential potential title favourites. So a big afternoon for for those two sides. I'm almost I'm almost tempted to sort of not bother giving another one because <laughs> that would have that would definitely have been my game. And listeners, I mean, if you are looking for a game to go to outside of those FA Vars encounters, then um, that would be that certainly would be be my pick. Um, both sides winning at the weekend, both teams going in good form in that game. Um, I, I'm going to give a um, um, an honourable mention to Oldland Abertonians against Warminster Town. Uh, again, uh, two sides that have proved on their day this season they really can turn it on. But both sides have really suffered from inconsistency. They've just not turned up enough. Now, of course, both sides do turn up on, on Saturday. This will be an absolute humdinger. So um, uh, that would be uh, that would be my game to watch uh, in the first division at the weekend. Uh, that nearly concludes our good work for another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast. Um, we have been... Uh, we did the, the league tables uh, on last week's edition, so we will move on to the hot shots in the mm-hmm. Tool Station Western League. So, Tom, can you take us through who is hot in our hot shots top list? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, looking at league goals alone uh, in the Premier Division, uh, Adam Carter still leading the way, uh, adding to his tally pretty much every week, it feels like. He's got 27 league goals for, for Parkway so far this term. Uh, you've then got Jack Fillingham, who's, uh, yeah, nestled a, a few in the recently he's got 20 for Shepton Mallet uh, and then Jordan Harris of uh, Exmouth he's crept up a little bit he's on 18 uh, in the first division we've got uh, Harry Foster now leading the way uh, the Wales marksman with 21 league goals uh, James Rustell of, of Radstock uh, he's still on 18 and then Stuart Windsor of Carl obviously uh, recently went past uh, his century mark for the club he's got 17 league goals so far this season uh, and then in all competitions it's still Jack Crager he um, yeah bit of a not a cup specialist, but he's got plenty of cup goals this season. He's now from 32 in all competitions. So, fantastic season for him. Uh, Foster of, of Wales on 28 in all comps. Uh, you've then got Carter and Fillingham on 27 and 25, respectively. So, those three. Chasing Crago, who's uh, yeah got 32 so far for Tavistock. It's a golden boot of Jack Crago. Absolutely. There we are. What a way to finish this week's podcast. Tom, thank you very, very much for your time. We have, of course, been reviewing your excellent bulletin, just in case there is a person on this planet or indeed any other who doesn't know where to find it. Can you tell us? Uh, I can I can do my best. It's on the uh, Tool Station Western League website. There is a tab along the top, uh, which takes you to the most recent uh, Yeah, uh, one where you can download it as a, as a PDF or a, a Word uh, document. And that should be out. Yeah early Sunday morning uh, after the games have taken place. So looking back and looking forward. So, uh, yeah, that should be out every week. Excellent. Tom, thank you very, very much for your time. And, of course, you've really earned your money today because we not only did we get a Tool Station Western League podcast out of you, we also did get your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Um, that's excellent. Um, I, of course, didn't have to work that hard, listeners, um, but um, I've enjoyed <laughs> your company greatly. And I look forward to welcoming you back on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.